Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. I'm Carmen LaBerge. Uh, thank you for joining me for Mornings with Carmen on. The Faith Radio Network, if you're a regular um, listener, then you already know that we are engaged in a Hope for Christmas project at MyFaithRadio.com, inviting you to share with us the stories of those um, whom you know are walking through a difficult season and could be encouraged not only by our prayers, we're certainly praying for each and every person and situation that you're sharing with us. Um, But we're also going to um, provide a $500 Visa gift card to a select um, few of the folks who are being nominated. Initially, it was just one. Um, But then you have responded uh, so graciously and reached out and said, well, I I could sponsor one or two. And so now there will at least be four, maybe five as of yesterday. Um... People who are nominated who are going to be blessed with a $500 um, Visa gift card. We're actually going to announce those during this this particular segment of the show at the top of the 7 o'clock hour, one week from today. So set your, I know it's not a DVR, but you know, like set your um, appointment um, to, to hear that particular um, show because we're going to have an opportunity to celebrate what God is doing in and through um really your ministry, the way you are ministering to one another this season um, through these extraordinary gifts. So I wanted to share a few of the um, nominations that have come in just in the last couple of days. Sandra is nominating her friend Lisa, who's having a difficult year, needs to know the true meaning of Christmas, that God loves her, and that he wants to meet um, her many needs, financial, spiritual, physical, emotional, and relational. She's a single senior woman who has become homeless recently and is living in her car We're praying um, for blessings and miracles in her life as she seeks a place to live and a part-time job um, to get a new start in life. Sandra, we're certainly praying with you for Lisa. Chris offers up the family of Jared. Um, Jared is the father of six, and Jared was killed this past weekend as he was changing the oil on a car, and the car fell on him and killed him, leaving behind uh, his wife and six children. Um, Chris says, I don't know if they're believers, but my feeling is um, that having some love and joy, knowing that the Lord um, is with them and for them this Christmas would certainly be a blessing to them. Patty lifts up, uh, nominates um, Josh and Meg. Josh and Meg uh, gave birth to a premature baby girl who has cerebral palsy, and um, she's having seizures, and they are trying to... um, scrape together enough money to buy a special kind of bed that would help her um, sleep more soundly at night. Um, and that's a financial stretch for them. And so this blessing would, um, would you know, go a long way to help them buy this special bed that they need um, this Christmas. Gail lifts up Tim and Catherine. Um, Tim was just downsized from his job. 
Um, he's going to get one more check on the 15th of December, and then there's not a plan beyond that. And their 18-year-old um, is living um, as a prodigal. They've got two other girls, and Christmas is um, is going to be difficult, and this would be a real blessing to them. Um, and then um, I think this story from Canada, and first of all, it doesn't matter where you live and, and where the person lives that you nominate, so... Wherever you're listening right now, feel free to go to MyFaithRadio.com and nominate um, the person or the family who you know could be blessed um, in this in this Give Hope for Christmas project. We're certainly going to be praying for each and every one of them. And so, Roxanne, thank you so much for nominating Julie. Um, Roxanne has known Julie um, her whole life and knows that as a child she experienced um, abuse things that Roxanne says no child should ever experience. Um, And she went into foster care when she was 14. Her mother gave her up. um, And she talks about the ministry um, that she experienced in Calgary, Alberta, um, where she not only became homeless as a teenager, but um, came to know Christ. And there are things now going on in Julie's life that um, need, need blessing. And it's a long list. And so we lift up um, each and every one of these individuals in our prayers. Again, I'm encouraging you to to share with us um, the people whom you are bearing up every single day before the Lord, the people you are walking with in difficulty. Um, you're sharing their journey every day. You're encouraging them. And, and by sharing them with us, um, you you bring the prayers of many to bear on those situations. As you are the hands and feet of Jesus in the lives of those you know and love, um, thank you for including us here in the Faith Radio family as a part of your prayer and support network. Um, and it's going to be, I think, really wonderful to be able to bless a handful of these individuals with $500 Visa gift cards uh, a week from today. So please join us in our Give Hope for Christmas project at MyFaithRadio.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Dr. Bill Ronsheimer is joining us now. Um, Marriage Reconstruction Ministries is uh, is where he um, labors. You can visit with him at marriagereconstructionministries.org. The book he brings us today is Help, My Wife is a Survivor of Sexual Abuse. Bill, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you. So good to be here. Appreciate, Carmen, the uh, opportunity to be on your program. Uh, I would... I would guess that some of your listeners would wonder why this topic of sexual abuse and childhood sexual abuse during Christmas time. Can't we talk about happier things? But you've been covering some tough topics, and this would be one of them. And the reason for survivors uh, that Christmas is so difficult is when sexual abuse occurs within the family system, the Family gatherings at Christmas time for the survivor are, are not the event they want to be attending, but family pressures sometimes make it where they are expected to be there, and they walk into the event, and all of the nice decorations are out, 
Everybody's got smiles on their faces, but the survivor of sexual abuse who was abused maybe in that home and in that family system is there realizing that the secret of that abuse is being buried all the more during these happy Christmas events. And, uh, you know, for a survivor, they just want to scream. So my hope is that these topics being covered during this month would be some, in some way redemptive for survivors and for their spouses. So, Bill, um, the statistics are really staggering. Um, at least one in four women um, have right. been sexually abused by the time they reach 18. And so when we talk about childhood sexual abuse, we're talking about um, a quarter of the women in our culture today. And if they're, if they're partnered, then we're talking about a lot of, um, a lot of husbands, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of friends talk with us about, um, your own story. Um, what makes you such a good and reliable guide for this conversation? When my wife and I were married, I had no idea about her sexual abuse when she was a child. She was abused by a teacher in a Christian school when she was ages 8 to 10. And she was aware of that abuse but didn't think it was affecting her. So we entered into the marriage. Just I was oblivious to that. Ten years into the marriage, uh, it began stirring within her. And there was an event we were at. I was a pastor at the time. That was my vocation. And we were at a pastor's conference. And a gentleman came up afterwards, knowing that we were going through a tough time, and asked a question we don't remember. But my wife, Pamela, disclosed her abuse. It was the first time I heard of it. And unfortunately, uh, I was totally ignorant at the time of what sexual abuse does. And I was also arrogant, too arrogant to really get the right help. Uh, that evening, we got some help from a pastor, but we discovered years later it was a really damaging type of counsel. And eventually, we entered into a journey where my wife got counseling help. So did I. I had issues to work through. And after a long journey of that uh, counseling, we realized God was doing something in our lives that uh, was bringing a healing. And we also knew that that wasn't the case for everyone else. So God began prompting us to realize that he would use us in some capacity in the lives of others. So I, during my ministry, I went back to school, got a doctorate, did research of husband's in different parts of the country, and their experience as spouses of, uh, as husbands of survivors of sexual abuse, and it it led to the launching of Marriage Reconstruction Ministries. Again, we're talking with Dr. Bill Ronsheimer. The website is marriagereconstructionministries.org. The book is Help My Wife is a Survivor of Sexual Abuse. And let me say that um, the book is written to husbands of women who are survivors of childhood sexual abuse, but it's relevant to anyone um, who knows a woman who is a survivor of childhood sexual abuse um, and to the survivors themselves. Uh, the book answers 10 recurring questions that are asked by husbands and others um, and by um, survivors as well. So when we come back, we're going to ask Bill to unpack a couple of those questions 
for us. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do every morning on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. I don't want you to miss any of it. So check out the free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. One of the things I would like for you to consider is becoming a Faith Radio ambassador. We talk about walking our faith out into the world that God so loves and doing so in ways that honor Jesus. Well, that's because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You can become a Faith Radio ambassador today and help us get the word out to others about this and other programs on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, We will supply everything that you need to share with others, and you can sign up to be a Faith Radio ambassador at MyFaithRadio.com. Continuing our conversation with Dr. Bill Ronsheimer, you can find him at marriagereconstructionministries.org. The book is Help, My Wife is a Survivor of Sexual Abuse. I will put all of the links in the show notes today um, when you download the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. So, um, Bill, let's talk about some of the questions um, that that recur um, and that you answer in the book or that you address in the book. There's a couple I would love to address this morning. One is uh, the question of why can't she just get over it? Mm-hmm. Um, spouses of survivors become frustrated. And by the way, these are questions the survivors have as well. Uh, a survivor would wonder, why can't I just get over this? So each chapter presents a new perspective on that question and then presents a new pattern of behaviors that can bring health to the marriage. The new perspective that we need to recognize for survivors and their spouses is that they're facing post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. The same kind of diagnosis that would be given to many war veterans because some of the outcomes of those traumas are are similar. The, The sleep disturbances, the intrusive thoughts, everything that goes along with PTSD. We would never ask a war veteran, why can't you just get over it? We would never think of that. But somehow we expect that sexual abuse survivors should just be able to get over it. And the other thing to recognize with that is that PTSD is really not a sufficient diagnosis. Many clinical uh, therapists uh, diagnose with complex trauma, which is a trauma inflicted by somebody close to the survivor, somebody close to the person, which is the case for survivors. A, a war veteran may be expected to be shot at by the enemy, but a child does not expect to be inflicted with trauma from Uncle Charlie or their father or their mother. So it's a complex trauma. And the new pattern is to establish empathy. Empathy is knowing what it is to be in the survivor's shoes while at the same time remembering what it is to be in my shoes. Mm. If if I only think about what it is to be in my wife's shoes, I become enmeshed and I can take on some codependent behavior. If I only think of what it is to be in my shoes, I become narcissistic. So there has to be a balance. So that is spoken of throughout the book, this need for empathy and Understanding what sexual abuse does. 
I'd love to talk about another chapter as well. Um, uh, absolutely, please. I just, I just want you to talk, and I'm just going to listen. I'm okay. taking notes. All right. Let's take on the question, uh, why doesn't God heal my wife, mm. uh, the survivor? Why doesn't God just heal? As I said, I was a pastor, so I, I expected God to do things. Um, and when my wife first was facing the darkness of, of her abuse, I, I thought, God, you, you can heal this. And I thought it would be a, a, a great situation. I was pastor of a church. I thought, boy, the church would be able to see God do a great work. So it's a win for the church. It's a win for God. It's a win for my wife. And it's a win for me. How could God not do this? But God led me to a new perspective. And it wasn't overnight. It was a process. And I, I think of Mark chapter 8. I think there's a great passage in there that helps us. And that is when Jesus uh, came to the town of Bethsaida, people brought a blind man to him. And we read in that passage that Jesus took him by the hand, took him outside of the village. And right there, I think of the tenderness of Christ. And then the NIV says that Jesus spit on his eyes and touched his eyes with his hand. You know, this tells me so many things right here. Every healing of God is going to be individualized. He took this man by the hand outside of the town. One survivor's story of healing is not going to be the others. Jesus mm. is too personal to do it that way. And the way he's going to heal is a way that we would never expect. So Jesus puts his hand on the man's eyes and says, can you see? And the man said, well, you know, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. And then Jesus touched them a second time, which tells me that God's healing is not always instantaneous. It, it can come in stages, which we found in our own lives, and I think it's true for most survivors. Uh, God heals us in incremental steps because he's interested in what he wants to do deep within our lives. It's not just alleviating us from the trauma and the tough circumstances, but it's interchange that he's working at in our lives. So it's a process rather than being instantaneous. One other thing I learned in that um, is I was praying to God for a miracle. I realized later on that I was really wanting magic. Uh, mm. With magic, a magician maintains control. And I wanted God to do something where I could still have control and get back to my life the way I wanted it. But God does not do that. Miracles are an astounding event, as the disciples discovered when Jesus calmed the sea. They, they were more terrified at the power they saw in Jesus having control over that storm then they were fearful of that storm itself. The difference was there's no love with the storm, but there's love with Jesus. And, and his miracles may be something that totally takes control away from us, but he's loving in how he does it, in how he restores our lives. Mm, I love that. Um, that is so helpful and so beautiful. Um, Bill, issue an invitation um, to people who are listening right now who suspect 
that their spouse um, may have had an experience or or lived through um, experiences of childhood sexual abuse, but those are not yet public. Can you invite us to be the safe person to tell? You know, um, for husbands, I, I think listening is uh, the most important thing we can do. We can't fix the problem, and we need to stop trying to fix it if that's what we're trying to do. Listening, validating the feelings. Uh, they're real feelings. They may not be healthy, but they're, they're real feelings and validating those feelings. In uh, encouraging, if a survivor is not seeking help, encouraging to know, encourage them to know that, you know, I think there's a better way. Uh, but we can't force it. If we're going to be that safe person, it will require a lot of patience until they come to the realization that help is needed. Mm-hmm. So helpful. Um, you guys can connect directly with Bill at the website marriagereconstructionministries.org. The book is Help. My wife is a survivor of sexual abuse. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. You're welcome. Thank you. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Shoe flat pan, an apple pan, Dottie makes your eyes light up. Your tummy say, howdy, shoe flat It is Taste and See Tuesday, or Tasty Tuesday. Um, you know that on Tuesday, I am, I'm thinking about how we can let Christ be made known among us in the breaking of the bread. How can we help people taste and see that the Lord is good? So... Uh, Amy Hannon is going to join us next. Um, She is the author of Gather and Give, Sharing God's Heart Through Everyday Hospitality. I mean, many of us wish we could share a meal and share our faith and share our lives with other people. We want to open our homes to friends and neighbors. Um, We want to create meaningful community. But we see on um, Instagram and Facebook these like, what appear to be like perfect setups, settings, presentations. And we say, my house does not look that good. I got, I got chaos all around the perimeter. Um, and so we, we stop and we, um, and we don't invite and we don't host and we don't offer the hospitality that God has really created us for. So we're going to talk with Amy next about how to gather and give, how we share God's heart through every day hospitality. That's up next. You're on Mornings with Carmen. Amy Hannon is joining us now. You can connect with her at her website, amyhannon.com. And we're going to also talk about um, Una Mays. Una Mays, which You've is a one, one-of-a-kind kitchen boutique. Everybody needs a one-of-a-kind kitchen boutique. Amy, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay. All right. You are really fun. Um, let, let's do this. Help us embrace simple hospitality um, because so many of us are, like, really overwhelmed by how, like, 
perfect and seemingly or seemingly perfect um, and beautiful and, you know, layered. Uh, oh, yeah. Other people's like Instagram feeds are in terms mm-hmm. of their hospitality mm-hmm. and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And we know that right outside of the camera shot in our house would be total chaos. Oh, or piles of Amazon boxes or dog hair or yes. sacks of mail and your yes. laptop and your charger and all. Yes, because that's real life. And, you know, I think the thing is, you know, I think the word is simple. Um, you know, that simple hospitality isn't about all of that hullabaloo. Um, you know, and a lot of that, I think, is that we have seen so much of that. And we love that. I mean, I have a beautiful Instagram feed that I scroll and I tag pictures and see other people's beauty and all of that. And I have a great appreciation for it, too. And I'm sure that you do, too. I mean, we love We love to see a beautiful table and beautiful flowers and all those things. And there's nothing wrong with having those pretty things. And I feel like I always want to be sure to tell everyone that, especially going into the holiday season. I do think that there is a time and a place to have lovely things and to set pretty Mm -hmm. tables and to make a special memory or honor a treasured guest. But I think what the problem is in our hearts and in our culture is that what has happened is we have decided that all of it is necessary in order to open our home and our lives to people. And it's not, it's fun um, and it's nice, but it's not necessary for our life that is given to everyday hospitality, which is simple and authentic and your laptop and your charger are out and your real life becomes extraordinary. Your ordinary becomes extraordinary when the Lord is all in it. Christ can be made known in the breaking of the bread, even if there's chaos in every other direction around the table. And I 100% appreciate that. That's the life I live. Like, I, we set our table every night, but that often means something has to be moved from the table in order that the table can be set. And I'm like, oh, just set it on the counter. Go set it on the edge of the dining room table. Stick it over sure. there on that chair. Like, right? Because there, there are Amazon boxes and a pile of things that we're working through as a family. Um, so I really appreciate how you take us into Scripture you um, you help us understand what hospitality is from a biblical perspective, um, and so I want I want you to introduce people to gather and give, sharing God's heart through everyday hospitality. It is Amy's book, and we do have copies to give away today. You mm. can text the word "book" to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Yeah, take us. What is hospitality? Well, let me so let me tell you what gather and give is about. Um, and it's the heart of biblical hospitality. And I have found that there are some wonderful commands in First Peter 4, 8 through 11, that tell us, in short, to love people deeply, to welcome gladly, and to serve faithfully. Simple. I mean, that's just so, so simple, those great commands for how we should live. Love deeply, welcome gladly, and serve faithfully. Faithfully. And so the book, Gather and Give, takes a deep dive into those three commands, love, welcome, and serve. And we see how often Jesus used the table as a pulpit, a place where he stood, where he, um, you know, poured out grace and warmth and welcome and forgiveness and all kinds of good things into the lives of people 
over the breaking of bread, over a shared meal, and often in people's homes, because, of course, that's how Jesus did ministry. He was on the road. So he spent so much of his time in people's homes. And so, you know, if the Bible commands us to love, welcome, and serve, and in Romans we're commanded to practice hospitality, then what better way to follow those commands than to gather in God-glorifying fellowship around our tables and in our homes like Christ did. And so that's the heart of the book, Gather and Give. Um, And it has just been such a joy. And let me tell you, women are really, you know, the message just resounds with people. We just need to hear it. Um, We needed to be reminded that the hospitality of the Bible is about connection over perfection, people over presentation. I mean, those two things alone, like if I just prayed those over and over and over before I opened my home, I just think the Lord can get in there with a heart that's surrendered and has the right focus. Connection over perfection. We need to hear that every day. And people over presentation, that it's about others and God on display, not not my life on display. Um, and so that's really the bulk of the purpose and the message of gathering give. And then of course, in the back of the book, I have a hospitality handbook. So, um, you know, the first part we get our hearts set right and talk about the hospitality of the Bible. But then there is a handbook that, you know, I've really wanted to be able to put some really practical, easy tips in the hands of people who read it so that they feel prepared to show hospitality and to extend an invitation and a welcome. Okay, I just love you already, and I just want to, like, move in. Um, well, you're invited. I, yeah, I know. You're so kind. So Christ-centered hospitality, um, having my kitchen counter and my dinner table um, be my pulpit, like, mm-hmm. I, that is such enriching thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so empowering. Um, it's life-giving, uh, connection over perfection, people over presentation, mm-hmm. um, uh, all, uh, just those, those are some gems. Those are oh, some gems well, right good. there. I mean, I love the way you unpack First Peter 4, 8 to 11. Um, love people deeply, welcome people gladly, serve um, faithfully. As I'm serving others, I'm serving Christ. I just recognize mm-hmm. that. It's so, um, that's so life-giving as well. Well, um, let me say this. Yep. One of the things that I think is so important too for us to hear is, um, you know, I think that I think that a lot of times Christians, I think we need to be both. I think we need to be purposeful in our hospitality. I think we need to be prayerful about our hospitality, not just with the hope that, you know, I say Jesus used the table as a pulpit. I don't want people to think that that means we're going to call somebody over, we're going to sit no, no. down with them, and we're going to go through the Roman road. You know what I mean? Like Totally, 100%. <laughs> now, let me say this. Is there a time that maybe the Lord stirs that conversation and we feel the Holy Spirit in our guts say, lean in here with some spiritual truth? Yes, absolutely. In anything we do as a believer who follows Christ, we listen for the nudge and feel that feel of the Holy Spirit that says, hey, it's time. Speak, speak truth into this right now. Of course we, of course we do that. But our hospitality is about especially in the world right now, we need it terribly. Connection, um, hope, kindness, just the pure kindness 
of sharing a meal with someone, especially a neighbor or a friend or a coworker or someone that would really benefit from just seeing the beauty of your ordinary life inside your home and how you live and how you serve and, um, you know, all of, and, and your piles. I think our piles say a lot about us. And I think that's so important for us to find common ground with the people around us because common ground is fertile soil for spiritual things to happen and for relationships to grow. And, you know, I think that that's the goal is emotional, relational, and spiritual transactions and good stuff to happen with the people around us in our lives. And that's what happens when we open our homes to people. Um, Okay, so I want to come sit at your table. Amy Hannon um, is uh, our conversation partner today. AmyHannon.com, H-A-N-N-O-N. Um, Gather and Give, Sharing God's Heart Through Everyday Hospitality is the book. Yes, we are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. We're going to um, ask Amy to share a couple of um, a couple of gems from the Hospitality Handbook next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. There's a happy feeling nothing in this world can buy When they pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie Talking with Amy Hannon, if you live in northwest Arkansas, my guess is you have been to Unimaze, and if you haven't, um, maybe we should all start driving there. Um, tell, us, tell us about Unimaze. Um, I think I want to visit... Um, so where where would I go? Like uh, like where are you? Oh my goodness! Well, Northwest Arkansas is kind of our own little tiny metro. You know, about a half a million people, home of Walmart, Tyson, and the University of Arkansas. Go Hawks! You know, I have to get that in here. Um, <laughs> and so we are actually in Springdale, which is kind of in the center between Fayetteville and Bentonville, and we're right off the interstate in a little kind of Main Street looking building, and it is just the surprise and delight of my life. I didn't open my store till I was 41 until my, you know, my kids were older. I had never been in retail and I just had this heart to create a place that would encourage and equip women to show hospitality where we could talk about pouring heavy cream over our chicken enchiladas and what it looks like to invite neighbors. I mean, we just do all of those things in there and it is just a joy. I mean, it is, it's a treat that the Lord has allowed me to do and I love it very much. It's so much fun. Like I, I know I, I, I kind of want to be you. So, um, oh, you're sweet. I, you are me. Yeah, if, you're doing. If you're you, living this way. Hey, if you ever need a a cooking with Carmen episode, um, you know, uh, yeah. Let's if you do ever. It. Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. My listeners are totally laughing right now. They're like, Carmen is to- totally shameless. It's really what I want to do. It's so much fun. Um, I, I love, I really value 
um, the experience. And you know what? This is because of the way I grew up. So um, I really experience, I love the experience of sitting down at a table together um, and having intentional time. And it doesn't matter how simple the meal is. Like soups are my go-to, like I'm the soup queen. Um, yep. That's sort of my go-to because it's it's simple. Um, it's you can always stretch it to feed more people, um, and and it doesn't require me giving constant attention to something. You know, going back and forth. You know, I I can be at the table. Well, and with, I think another thing people. too is that is so beautiful about soup. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, you're a morning girl. I'm not a morning girl, so. Um, I'm having to drink my coffee and clear my throat. You're you're the you're the pro. You're the pro. Um, you know, I think the other thing that's beautiful about soup, honestly, about soup, is as far as you you know, you just said it. You can be at the table. I think it's a very warm, filling, and practical choice. And I think that's one of the things that we have to do about our hospitality is be practical. Yes, mm-hmm. it would be great to have some fillets on the grill. And bread that you're, you know, broiling in the oven and you've got two sides that are cooking at different times. Well, then what's happening is your guests are at your house and you are, you've got sticky notes and timers and you're checking temperatures and running in and around and all that. You know, the scurry of trying to get everything ready at one time. We know that from hosting holidays. You're just in Mm -hmm. trying to get it all done at the same time. Well, then you're just distracted and your heart is divided a little bit. So when you're really trying to be, you know, intentional about knowing someone or spending important time with someone um, and hearing someone, really being able to focus on them, make a soup or make a casserole or a big lasagna, something that just cooks or simmers and it's just, it's ready to go and you don't have to be doing the kitchen shuffle between this and this and this and this. Um, and I think that's really great. I love, gosh, I love soup. Don't you, what's your favorite soup? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite? Oh, I don't have a favorite, but everybody in my family does. So if Matthew were answering this question, it would be um, the chicken and wild rice soup. Jim would say the black bean and sweet potato. And Eliana oh. would probably say goulash. Okay. Can I be honest with you? I've never made any of those. Mm. I've never made one of those soups. Are we going to be good enough friends at the end of this that you can text me a recipe or somebody can send it oh. to me? Because black <laughs> oh, yeah. bean and sweet potato sounds like heaven. Oh, it's so good. It's got ginger in it. And oh, like yes. that's like yes. the little dominant note underneath. It's yep. so good. Yeah. I put ginger in my white chicken chili. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. yummy. Um, yeah. We're going to be it. friends. Like, yeah. I know, in I real love life. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I have now. I have two now. I have two reasons to come to Northwest Arkansas. So there you go. Oh, there are there are lots of reasons to come. But yes, you should absolutely you should absolutely come and visit. It's a sweet spot. And you know, one of the big surprises for me is I was even telling my husband last night that I really expected. We were kind of just marveling at what the Lord has done. I mean, at at Unimaze, we never expected it. We just we just followed the Lord in the next step. Like he. He really impressed on me and stirred my heart to open this place that would feel, you know, where I'm a pastor's wife. And so, you know, that would kind of be ministry veiled in retail. Like this Mm -hmm. is a place where people walk in and they don't realize it, 
but we've prayed about who's coming in today. And we've prayed about the way that we would be able to be kindness and grace and goodness to them and that they would sense the Lord in it. And, you know, I just thought it was going to be this sweet little spot. And we have had people make the trek like it's a bucket list place for people. And we've had people from all 50 states that have been to Unimaze and all over the country. And it has just been the biggest, most precious surprise that the Lord has given me. I never expected it. And so is it, would it be a surprise for somebody from, from Tennessee to come my way? No, they're in there all the time. We just ask them to take off that orange, but you know, um, <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, so much it's, fun. it's really fun. You should, you should really make a trip. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to, I'm going to show up. All right. Gather and Give is the book, Sharing God's Heart Through Everyday Hospitality. Amy Hannon um, is uh, the author. She also hosts the website, amyhannon.com. From there, you can get to all her socials. Um, Obviously, uh, all these links will be in the show notes today when you download the podcast, uh, Mornings with Carmen. Um, Wow. What a joy. um, Amy, can can I pray for you this holiday season? Oh, I would love it so much. Father, we come before you as sisters in Christ, um, just acknowledging that the holiday season is hectic for everyone, but maybe especially pastor's wives. And so I lift up Amy right now. I lift up the congregation of which she is a part. I lift up her community. I lift up this ministry that is um, that is cloaked in retail. Um, and I thank you so much for her genuine, sweet spirit of hospitality. Thank you for bringing her into, um, into our lives. Um, bless her, Father, in extraordinary ways. Continue to surprise and delight her through the way that you are using um, Una Mays and, uh, as a ministry outpost. So thank you for um, this sweet fellowship we've enjoyed today. Continue to use her to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, Carmen, that was precious. Well, you have a um, very, very Merry Christmas and expect to see me in the new year. Oh, I would, it would be a, a joy. Thank you. So much fun. I'll send you some um, soup recipes. I would love it. I'm you got it. on it. You okay, got it. Thanks. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Hey, if you want a copy of A Gather and Give, we're giving them away. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old. All right, Amy might have me inspired to resurrect some version of Tasty Tuesday Cooking with Carmen on Facebook this winter. Who knows? Maybe just a soup series. Maybe just a limited soup series. You know me, I can't commit to something long term, but maybe some short, short uh, soup series on Facebook. Um, all right. Uh, what fun to be with you today. Yes, you can continue to text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing for the copies um, that we have in studio of Gather and Give, Sharing God's Heart Through Everyday Hospitality. I hope that you will make Christ known to someone else through the breaking of bread today. Sit down at Table Fellowship somewhere Um, And just allow someone else to taste and see that the Lord is good. Love people deeply, welcome people gladly, serve people faithfully, all unto Christ. Um, Expect to be surprised and delighted uh, about what God does, what he reveals, how he shows up, how he blesses. Um, let's, um, Let's be people of blessing today. 
You certainly have been a blessing to me in this time together. Um, Thank you so much for sharing this time um, with me. You can share the show with someone else. Download the app. Send it off um, via email, the link to MyFaithRadio.com. All kinds of great ways to share the show and be an ambassador of this ministry. Check out what's going on online at MyFaithRadio.com. And while you're there, um, nominate somebody in our Give Hope for Christmas project. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.